Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Thanks for joining us on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Lombardi Line Wednesday edition of the program alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi out on the East Coast. I'm Stormy Tony back in today after a, a little hiatus here. So shout out, thank you to our guys, Femi Abebefe and Ben Wilson, filling in for me the last couple of days, Michael. But happy to be back with you. How are you today? I, I'm doing really well. Thank you, Stormy. It's uh, it's good to have you back. We missed you. We were thankful that the Giants covered uh, and keep you going in Survivor. We'll discuss who maybe we should go with this week, but I was happy for that. And I love to hear about the, the CFP committee event that you had that you were going to. I can't wait to hear where they come up with all these ideas that emanate from that room. So please shed some light. Yeah, Michael, it was funny, by the way, though, just referencing the Giants here real quickly, because as that game was going on on Sunday, I was like, gosh, you know what? It's a good where thing. Where were you? It's, were you back in Vegas or did you go to I Indianapolis? Was, I was um, I was headed to Dallas, but I was at home okay. for that game. I, I had come home and I was watching the game and then I had to leave. Um, but I kid you not, I'm watching the game on my couch and I'm like, you know what? Thank goodness. Thank goodness. I don't have to go on the show tomorrow and answer for this. You know, I get a couple of days away and then immediately I was like, oh man, I want to be on the show so bad so that I can talk about the Giants comeback. What a crazy freaking game. Um, but yes, definitely fortunate to say the least that they were able to pull that off there uh, late in the game. As for the CFP event, Michael out there in Dallas, it was really, really cool and unique. And I think as we get to um, the times when we actually have some of these CFP rankings that I can maybe shed some light on what really goes on in the room a little bit better. A couple of the takeaways I thought were particularly unique. And and for anybody who doesn't know, I went to a, like a mock selection committee event out there in Grapevine, Texas, in the actual room where they break everything down on a week to week basis. Um, later on in the season, the college football playoff committee does and learned about their process, learned about how they break down teams, how they go about ranking and one thing that I found super unique was that they don't even and granted you know in the back of your mind what the rankings were from the week prior that you had set but they don't go off of those headed into the next week like it is a clean slate clean sheet blank slate every time that they walk into that room and they go kind of segmented numbers by numbers one through three four through six or four through seven voting on chunks of what teams deserve to be where at certain points and you can go back and re rank and re-vote and it is a long long tedious process but I definitely have a lot more respect for what goes on in that room Michael you know I think that's a really good strategy for us as betters I, I think we too often carry last week's game into this week's game we did it in the preseason when the Rams got blown out by Denver 41 to nothing and all of a sudden you know everybody was saying there's no way they could beat the mm-hmm. Seahawks they did I mean, the same thing last week. You know, we saw teams like Buffalo struggle. There was a lot of late money came in on the Raiders, and Buffalo came back and played really well. 
And, you know, then you look at the Saints and you say, okay, the Saints squeak one out. They're going to play better against Carolina. They haven't really played well. They're 2-0, haven't played well. So I think you have to leave it all behind Mm -hmm. and kind of start the slate clean. What what I like about week three is we now have data. We have have eight quarters of football that we can evaluate, that we have some statistical data that we can look at and say, okay – this team's better than I thought. This team's worse than I thought. This team really needs to take a giant mother may I step <laughs> forward because even though they might be 2-0, and their power rankings are not as good. Philadelphia being a perfect example. I mean, Philly's power rankings for me don't does not put them in the top five based on the numerical data. No subjectivity. So that tells you they're, what I've been saying all along is they're not near where they were. They're 2-0 and and they have 15 weeks to fix it. But those numbers don't lie. That's a great tease, too, Michael, for a few things that we have coming up later on in the show. In hour two, we're going to get Lombardi's list, his top five teams in the NFL right now, as well as the bottom feeders, bottom five. And there are some new teams that are popping up in each of those lists based on what we've seen these first two weeks of the season. We've also got a storm warning because there are some teams in the NFL and college football, Michael, that my panic meter is really high on. And I want to get your opinion if I should be panicked or if maybe we need a little bit of patience and there could be some betting opportunities to buy in on those teams. But first, let's get to some of the headlines of the day and some breaking news within the last hour or two in wake of Nick Chubb's awful, gruesome season-ending knee injury. And you feel so much for him. The Cleveland Browns have taken a step forward, re-signing Kareem Hunt to a one-year deal worth up to $4 million, according to Adam Schefter. And and as Shefty pointed out, Hunt visited the Saints, the Colts, talked to a number of teams waiting to find the right deal. And he just winds up back in the same city and the same team that he spent the last four years yeah and they need them yep. you know they're going to need them especially in the passing game you know that was his role last year was always going to be a third down back he didn't run the ball <clears throat> excuse me he didn't run the ball as hard last year as we've seen him a lot of his problems now are going to be what is conditioning like you know when he went to new orleans it was not good when he went to Indianapolis, it was not good. And they all, both teams were looking for a running back and they passed because they felt like his conditioning was going to be an issue. So hopefully he'll be in better shape. Will they use him this week? I mean, depending on his conditioning, I think that'll really do. But I do think they are taking a, they're really taking too much of a bath in terms of the betting market with this number against Tennessee. This defense has not allowed any team to get into the red zone against them. I know that they made the big picket, made the big touchdown pass, so that scored. But this defense has been outstanding, as good as Dallas, if not better, close to anything, the best thing I've seen. So they're going up against a Tennessee team this week that struggles, that struggles to put 12, 13 consistent plays together during a period. So... I just think this number moving away from them is somewhat strange. I know Chubb's huge, and I know Chubb matters tremendously, but I also know that, you know, and and I also know Watson isn't playing well to the level he needs to play, but they are really good on defense. Yeah, 73% of the bets to your point, 63% of handled taking the three points in Cleveland against the Browns with Chubb out of the lineup. Kevin Stefanski confirming yesterday that the rookie or the young player Jerome Ford, uh, 2022, excuse me, first fifth round pick out of Cincinnati, he'll be the team's featured back with Kareem Hunt coming in there. And and we do know, like, what a great one-two punch that Hunt was with Chubb. You're not going to be able to replace the production of a player like that in, in any way, but still maybe be able to put something together in a positive way. There was a time when he was leading the league in rushing yards, right? So you know that the talent is certainly there and he's capable. But to your point about that defense and not wasting it, Deshaun Watson, Michael, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show because they are one of the teams that's on my panic meter, but none of the that other stuff matters if you, if you have a great running game, you have a great defense, if your quarterback isn't doing what he needs to do. And you know I've been somebody all offseason that was saying, hey, Hey, the, the, you know, the six game sample that we saw of Deshaun Watson last year, that wasn't him this year. He's going to have the full off season. He's going to have the full time to get to know his teammates and coaches and understand the system and be there from day one. Things are going to be great. They have not been. No, no, they haven't been at all. I mean, when you look at EPA and you do all the empirical data that you go through on quarterbacks, he ranks 30th. I mm-hmm. mean, only Justin Fields and Winston are, are and Wilson are behind him. I mean, it's not good, and it and it doesn't pass the, it doesn't pass the numbers test, but also doesn't pass the eye test. And I wrote about it this week on in Veasan after the game. 
you know, to me, when you we watched him in Houston, he played well, but they won four games that one year. It wasn't all his fault. But what I what I remember going back, and I did, when Will Fuller played for the Texans, and Will Fuller was healthy and active, which wasn't all the time, right? They were really good. Those two together, they would make throws down the field. That was, I don't want to say it was their offense, but that kind of was what really he depended upon. And he had Hopkins to make these sensational catch when he threw the ball in traffic. And so far, his accuracy, like the like the first throw of the game, yes, the kid Bryant dropped it, right? But it was a horrible throw, Stormy. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, that throw can't be there. His accuracy is really not good right now. His mechanics are not good. And concerningly, he's not throwing the football. He's holding it. He's not really letting it go. It's not, there's no rhythm to what he's doing. And I thought for sure in this offense where he would be able to utilize his, the play action pass stuff. No, it hasn't really transpired at all. Yeah, uh, to your point about the accuracy, off target on 26.5% of pass attempts. So not only has it not been good, actually worst in the NFL through two games so far. He's been sacked six times on 18 dropbacks when pressured. And I, and I know he took sacks in Houston too, but he balanced it out with the explosive plays right like the magical plays and we haven't seen any of that balance to this point it's just been you know constant struggling especially when under pressure three of 11 like I said in sack six times on 18 dropbacks when pressured the Browns a three-point favorite again against the Titans the total 39 seeing 39s and a halves their win total this year nine and a half still juiced over minus 150 as far as the division goes plus 330 second shot now at uh, behind the even money Ravens in the AFC North you have the Bengals now at plus 475 Steelers plus 550 Tomlin by the way says the Steelers have lost their mojo and need to get it back I do agree Um, but that was interesting too to see the Bengals now third on the odds board in the division with the Joe Burrow uh, re-aggravated calf situation that he's got going on there yeah and by all indications the way this line is now it's you know it's pretty steady that it's well it's back up to two and a half this morning I think a lot of that the movement back was related to what Zach Taylor says that you know I think Ian Rappaport reported today that that Burrow is making significant progress that it's not going to get healed but he's going to play better that's going to make a huge difference you know and and I think that number the more positivity that comes out of Cincinnati will drive that number back up to over three and a half you like the Rams in this game you might just want to keep waiting for the week to go on because you're going to get a much better number than you did yesterday when it was at one. The last we heard, you know, the other one I want to hit before we go to break and we get it, we come back that Tennessee, that Tennessee Cleveland. I mean, that under, can it go any, I mean, the, between the jets and the Patriots, and Tennessee and, and, and Cleveland, yeah. those unders are remarkably low. Yep, they're just bringing the number down, down, down. Last thought um, as it pertains to the Bengals. Zach Taylor, the last we heard from the horse's mouth, said, quote, hard to say what Burrow's availability will look like for Monday night's game. Not expected to practice until late in the week, if at all. Um, we will finish out some thoughts there. Also, more running back news as it pertains to Saquon Barkley and other injuries around the league when we return. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Ah! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's great matchups and walk away an instant winner. Football is more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with the code VEGAS. New customers bet just $5, get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with the code VEGAS. The crown is yours back here on the Lombardi line. Excited in a moment to welcome in our great friend of the show, Harry Gagnon, host of the Against All Odds podcast, former sportsbook supervisor. But first, we have a colossal, one might call it a titanic cartoon with a Thursday night football pick to get us going. Just finishing up my latest masterpiece. Please do finish, or we'll surely drown. The only sure things in life are death, taxes, and Harry's picks. Ta-da! I'm taking the Giants plus ten and a half. That's a Titanic side spread to cover. Relax. Harry is thirsty for a winner and just genuinely thirsty. You saved us all, Harry. Now paint me like those French girls. No time, doll. The game is starting. I'm the king of the world. Rose, promise me. Promise me you'll take Harry's pick no matter what happens. I promise to... I believe Harry's picks will go on. I'm a little sad that I didn't get the call to be that, you know, singing voice at the end. Oh. I would have loved to to jump in. But hey, did you go with the the Titanic theme because the Giants survived last week and now you're backing them? What was the thought process there? Uh, well, you know, we had that one on the back burner. So uh, giving our uh, writers and uh, cartoonists a little uh, a break since we had that one. Since, you know, they're going to be playing on the bay anyways, the Giants. So a little, you know, ne- right next to the water, we threw that one in there. So. Hopefully the Giants can get there. I, I, I do like them a little bit here, Michael and Stormy. Um, even though it was against Arizona, that was still an impressive comeback. Down 21 by New York and, da- and Daniel Jones. Maybe uh, that second half performance gets the Giants going, even without Barkley here. Uh, next man up for the Giants, right? Matt Breida versus former team. Hopefully he can help out a little bit in the running game. Jones, Jones has some confidence back. I like him going deep to rookie Jalen Hyatt. He had two bombs for a catch uh, last week against Arizona. And uh, Brandon Ayuk, who's having a great season for San Fran, guys, uh, banged up here, too. Just hoping the Giants are out of their funk. I'm going to take them with 10.5 here. Some places are 10. Um, And both Thursday games so far have been close. So I'm going to take the double digits here. Yeah, I mean, would you still like it at 10.5? Or were you – I know you had it at 10.5, but now it's pretty much 10 across the board. Are you still in on that one? 10 is a lot of points in any NFL game. 
Right, Michael. I'm going to stay with 10. Um, I, I just think that I know San Fran's put up 30 back-to-back weeks and look fantastic and everything, but especially the defense scares me if if, if, uh, if the O-line of the Giants can't hold up. Um, Jones and, the, uh, and Brian Dable and the whole rest of the Giants could be in trouble. But I think, again, I'm going to take plus 10. Again, that Giants game against Dallas, it was kind of an anomaly sort of thing. We don't see games like that. I mean, it just went from it just went from the Giants being at the Dallas 15 to just going crazy in terms of Dallas getting the, the block field goal for the touchdown, the interception return for the touchdown. Game was over. Giants, I don't think, are that bad. They, they showed a lot of grit last week, too, um, not scoring any points at halftime and coming back with 31 in the second half. I think that keeps them going a little bit, and I'm going to take those points. And double-digit favorites last year, while the favorites did go 27-3 and three straight up, just 11-19 and 19 ATS, so certainly favors the dogs, at least from what we've seen in recent history with the NFL. Uh, I know as you go, kind of go through that NFL slate, there's always some potential teaser candidates that caught your eye. What are you looking at this week? Yeah, I got a seven-point teaser here, uh, you two. I want to go with the Patriots. Up to four and a half, plus four and a half against the Jets. New England and Bill Belichick, no matter what, never lose to the Jets. The last time the Patriots fell to the Jets was in 2015. New England could have won both their games. They were very close. Didn't pull them out late, but were in close games. The Jets' D didn't look good last week at all. Sauce Gardner has been beat a few couple times, a few times so far this season. I'm going to take more than four points. I'm going to take the plus four and a half for the Patriots. And I'm going to take that with on Monday night. Uh, the the, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles are in Tampa Bay. I'm going to take the Bucks up to 12 and a half here. Now, I know Philly's 2-0, but a very shaky 2-0. Plus, I didn't like A.J. Brown, uh, who was kind of making it about him arguing Jalen Hurts on the sideline last week. Um, no one saw Baker and the Bucks. Uh, to be 2-0 and to start the season. Mike Evans has looked fantastic. And Tampa Bay's defense, Michael, has been spectacular so far. Eight sacks. They forced five turnovers. Look, pushing this game up to 12-and-a-half on Monday night when you know everyone's probably going to be on the Eagles, I'm taking the Bucks with the 12-and-a-half. Well, I mean, but, you're, you know, last week you were lucky because the, the J- Jalen Justin Fields didn't play his game against the Bucs. So we're, were we sure the Bucks' defense is good? Because if he turns it on, I mean, God knows what could possibly sure. happen, Harry. I mean, speaking of this, okay, so who is good in college football? We didn't have a chance to talk about this. Uh, is Ohio State good? You're going to take the Fighting Irish. I mean, obviously you're putting 20 in the hat like Barbershop on Sunday. You're going to mm-hmm. take the Fighting Irish against the Buckeyes. I am. I'm going to take the three at home. Uh, Sam Hartman, the West Wake Forest transfer, has the Irish faithful believing with four wins, 13 touchdowns. Yeah. Notre Dame, Notre Dame played Ohio State really tough in the horseshoe last year. And that was with having uh, uh, the Buckeyes having C.J. Stroud uh, after Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, I'm not sure who can really step it up for the Buckeyes offensively. This Irish team has looked solid second half against uh, two weeks ago against uh, NC State. They really poured it on. Hartman might be the guy that could lead them here. I'm going to take the uh, the Irish as a dog at home. We are one in the same because I, I am also taking the points with the Fighting Irish in South Bend. Sam Hartman has over a thousand yards. 13 touchdowns, no picks here to start the mm-hmm. season. And you mentioned that game against NC State. They have been tested, right? So they had to play in a tough road environment out there in Raleigh. Whereas Ohio State, we, we haven't seen that based on what their schedule has offered so far. Indiana, Youngstown State, Western Kentucky. And we've seen a lot of flaws despite what we were able to see in this most recent game this past weekend. So I certainly agree with the thought process there. And I have that plus three in my account as well, Harry. So cheering cool. you on from that standpoint. Sure. How about the biggest game in the country every single week following yeah. the Colorado Buffaloes. They are going to be in Austin Stadium this weekend taking on the Oregon Ducks. Ducks, a 21-point favorite this week. How do you feel about things? Crazy. You know, Colorado goes from a three-touchdown three favorite to a three-touchdown dog. Uh, I'm, I'm leaning towards the, the Ducks here still, though. I'm Coach Prime's time is about to end, I think, Bo Nick's torches this defense. Colorado really should have lost as a three-touchdown favorite last week versus Colorado State in that rivalry. This Ducks offense is tremendous, 174 points in three games. No Travis Hunter for Colorado either, guys, here. Uh, I think Deion is humbled in Eugene. I think the Ducks roll it up big time. Ducks 58, Colorado 28.
Yeah, I mean, I you know, everybody just keeps on this Colorado. Look, I think Dion's done an incredible job. However, you know, without Hunter, like they don't have mm-hmm. all the depth that we think they do. And I think that injury really hurts them against Oregon. And nobody's talking about Bo Nix. I mean, you know, Dan Dan Landing has the greatest thing going. His nobody even recognizes his right, team. Michael. Everybody just talks about Colorado, and he's a twenty point favorite. Yeah, I mean, honestly, and 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 next week uh, Colorado gets USC, so it doesn't get any easier for them. And that game against Colorado State, they fell behind early, and they all they had to play catch up from the entire game. Uh, so much emotion going on with that uh, with it with the. Coach Norvell's comments before mm-hmm. and everything. So now having to go on the road after, you know, national television splashes all over the place and ESPN was at uh, Boulder last week. And now they got to go to Oregon. Totally different story. I think the Ducks roll. Good stuff, Harry. As always, appreciate your time, buddy. And, and great work Thanks, with the cartoon Harry. once again. Round of applause. Stormy Michael. Thanks, guys. Love it. <laughs> Harry okay. Gagnon, again, make sure you check out the Against All Odds podcast. Does a great job over there. And uh, for anybody who did miss the news on Travis Hunter, it's a lacerated liver. He's going to be out at least three weeks for the Colorado Buffaloes. Their key Ironman guy does a great job on both sides of the ball as an impact player. Uh, did you agree with that thought process, though, Michael, on Oregon? You think that's the way? Uh, you know, I think that this 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 Colorado offense is really good. I'm not sure they're good on defense, Jimmy, because Colorado State yeah. moved the ball pretty well on them. So, uh, you know, I think Charlie Scott's done a great job, but I think it's it's hard. Uh, this one might be a little bit. I, I don't know if I take the I lay the points. I don't think I would do that, but I think Oregon will win. I think that I, I totally agree on the thought process of the offenses showing up and showing out on both sides. That's why we see a total of seventy and a half, ladies and gentlemen, in this one. Just you know, just a small casual number. We're gonna reset for hour two when we come back here on the Lombardi line. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin is here to make you a more informed better year-round. You can check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Stormy Bond and Tony and Michael Lombardi with you on a Wednesday as we now start to uh, get into Lombardi's list this week, ranking, Michael, your top five and bottom five teams in the National Football League. And we talked a lot about bottom feeders. So let's start at the top here for a Mm -hmm. moment. Um, And there are actually a couple of teams that last week when we did this are no longer in your top five. So hit me Mm -hmm. with that information first, why the Eagles and Jags are no longer among your top five. Well, the way I come up with my top five is not a subjective, oh, I, I like this team, I like that team, I don't. So this week I finally was able to run numbers. And all my numbers are predicated on what I believe to be the key indicators of what determines winning football games, right? So it, just as an example, as a background, you know, if you win points per possession, 96% of the time you win the game. If you win points per play, 93.2% of the time you win the game. If you have a red zone trip margin advantage, you're at 80.16. So as you go through all these categories that determine winning and you put them in and you numerically grade each team on these categories statistically, you take away bias, you take away, I don't like this guy, I don't like that guy. And then you rank them and that's what I've done. And then when I come up with the number, now the only subjective area I do do is I I grade the coaching staffs and I grade the quarterbacks. And that's one to 32. I don't one to 32 those. I cluster those. I put them in two and, you know, so you go two and a half, five, seven and a half, ten. That's how many points you earn. And so I come up with what I believe to be a number. And then once I get this number, I then take the game, the team that's playing them, San Francisco's number versus New York's number. Come up with the margin of difference divided by 17, which is the amount of games they play. And it gives me a point spread. And so this is all subjective. So now that we have data, I can eliminate any of that. So my, the teams I eliminated were the Eagles and the Jags, who really are, not, are below what I would call 200 points 
which is usually never enough to get you in the top. I mean, like Dallas is at 76 points total for all their categories. That's remarkable. Now, they're never going to stay at that number. That's really too low. But, but this is what they've earned. Right. They've done it in two games against two teams. The 49ers played much. Uh, they're at 149. And then at Baltimore, which I would have put in this if it wasn't for this non-bias, but Baltimore's played really well. And then the Bills have played really well, even though they lost opening day. And then the Chiefs slid slightly down. You know, Green Bay's a team that's played. Green Bay almost made it. Green Bay's actually, their numbers are pretty good for the year. They had a bad fourth quarter, but their numbers for the year are pretty good considering where they are. The, the Jags were five, so they were kind of on the fringe of your list anyways. They lose to Kansas City, who falls down from four to five. Um, the Eagles bumped You might say, four. like, you might the, ask, like, where's Miami? That was, Why so, yes. isn't Miami a top? That was going to be my I question. Mean, Miami's no, Especially, Michael, considering Miami's both no, of their wins to start the season have been on the road as well. Right, but their numbers defensively pull them down. They pull them down. I mean, they haven't been great defensively. I mean, and look, the numbers, but the numbers ample. from 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 uh, from Josh Allen in Week One with the turnovers—that's what the one that surprised me. I would probably have Miami in over Buffalo from that standpoint. Thinking about if you're like pulling you're, in one versus the other, you're, you're doing it. Sub, you're doing it subjectively, right? So you know, Buffalo is it, it, Buffalo is 15th in turnover margin. Their offensive rating is 12th. Their offensive line is 20. Their red zone offense is 7. Their third down offense is 7. Their points per play is is 15 on both offensive deep. Their third down is 6th. You know, so they've got their numbers. They, they, they're really good in red zone defense. They're really good in point margin. So, you know, I, I think ultimately that that's why. That's why they're numbers. And so you just take the subjectivity out of it, which you have to do if you're going to do this. Because if you if you try to do it by one, I like this team, I don't, you let last week influence you. You let last week influence and you can't. Like my bottom teams, I mean, my bottom teams, the Giants weren't in the bottom, but they ranked 28th. I mean, their, their numbers are not good, especially considering what they gave up defensively in the first half last week. And then the Cardinals, they moved up slightly because they actually moved the football. The Texans moved up, I mean, two spots. The Panthers came down, and the Bears are the worst team in football, really by a lot, by a lot. Yeah, the Bears down four in your ranking, supplanting the Cardinals as the worst team in the NFL right now. And, and real quickly, and so your top five, Cowboys, Niners, Ravens, Bills, Chiefs, bottom five, starting at 32 is the worst. Bears, Panthers, Cardinals, Texans, Giants. Giants creep their way down, made the list for the first time despite that comeback win over Arizona. So here's the hard part I get into, Stormy. So I run the numbers. I come up with, a, I come up with my, point, my point spreads, okay? I know how bad Chicago is. That's 11.7. That's what my line should be. And if I take uh, the only team I could take here are the Bears. Now, how do you think I would, you know, like that's where I get caught. You see, I'm not one of those just play the number. I wish I were, you know, like Seattle, Car like Carolina, Seattle. I mean, that number to me should be just slightly under three based on the numerical data that we have. Remember, Seattle's given up a lot of yards in two games. And yet, you know, it's a six-point spread. Mm -hmm. The the Colts as well were on this list previously. They're not anymore. And I guess my only follow-up to that would be, and again, subjectivity from this standpoint, but Anthony Richardson has been the starting quarterback. He's in concussion protocol. Second uh, potential issue with this now in just his early two weeks as an NFL quarterback and um, potential now for maybe Gardner Minshew. Uh, he was not at practice. Richardson was not at practice earlier today. The Colts are an eight point dog against the Ravens who you have in your top five, but um, the Colts, somebody that have been upgraded for you despite their quarterback having some health problems right now. Yeah. And, and this is another one of those games that, that I have it at 5.29 with or with because Minshew came in look Minshew's a guy that can run the RPO scheme he's really good he's accurate in short areas and if he has to play two or three games he can hold up his body can hold up and the Ravens are you look at the Ravens and you say wow they just don't look like they're in sync and then you realize Lamar's playing at such a high level mm -hmm. I mean I have this game at a 5.29 spread the line's eight now it was eight and a half and it's moving down yeah I wouldn't be shocked if it comes under seven if it comes under eight by the Sunday we kick this thing off it's what was impressive to me what was most impressive to me this past week was that the Ravens were able to have the success that they did in that game, despite missing, you know, five starters and, yeah. and being compromised injury wise the way they were. 
especially two in the offensive line. I mean, yep. Ronnie Staley doesn't play. He's the highest paid player on their team. He never plays. You know, I mean, he's the left tackle. He's a good player when he plays, but you barely can see him. And then they, Lindstrom, who is one of their best linemen, didn't play. And then they had a host of injuries, and they have even more injuries in their secondary. And since he couldn't really take advantage of it, and Lamar controlled the football. He controlled the pace of the game. They were really good. They were really good. And, you know, when you watch the tape, your eye, they pass the eye test, too, because we can look at these numbers, but sometimes the numbers are a little bit, you know, maybe that's just an opponent they're playing. You know, you know, let's face it, Pittsburgh's played two of the best defenses in football. You know, are they going to be, you know, they should be able to move the ball against the Raiders. I'm surprised that line's moving so much to the Raiders, considering that, you know, Pittsburgh will move the football on them. But, uh, you know, you, you sometimes you just have to balance this between, but you can't go too far. The, like, I thought for sure the Chargers would be, a sl- should be the favorite in the game. And I, and I had it as an 0.98 game. Okay. Which is a pick game for me. For the Arizona... Which is what it is. Yeah. For, for, for the Arizona Cardinals, Michael, um, for them, like, are there opponents that they have... Are they better than we think they are? Um, no. Based on both of... I know <laughs> they that they've hard. lost. They've lost both of these games, but they've made it interesting for both of these games as well. They play hard, but they, they run out of stuff. I mean, like, their offensive line's going to struggle. They can't really convert it. You know, when you determine if you're good or not, that's why one of the stats that has to be in anybody's power rankings that I urge you, if you make your own, you have to put fourth down in the four, fourth quarter in your power rankings. You've got to be able to, to get through the data in the fourth quarter to really understand if your team's good or not. And, look, we know the Chargers are 0-2 because of the fourth quarter. We know that the Patriots are 0-2 because of the fourth quarter. You know, these fourth quarters, you can't – you need to make plays. I mean, Green Bay lost the game in the fourth quarter against Atlanta. So Arizona is horrible in the fourth quarter. Horrible. And, you know, if Dallas is up by seven in the fourth, they're liable to cover this 12 spread. They'll, they'll put this game away. You know who's been one of the best quarterbacks in the fourth quarter so far? Sam Howell. Did not have that yep. on my bingo card, Michael, but he's been impressive. <laughs> Even though we both have agreed that the, the over for Washington at six and a half was a good play. I wrote about it in the guide. But I didn't think he could go into Denver in Mile High and make some of those throws. Look, this week I have him as just a four four point two three dog. Mm-hmm. You're getting six and a half against Buffalo. We're going to take a look at a number of these teams we just discussed, whether you want to fade or buy in on the top five, fade the bottom five, Survivor, which games are worth targeting? Lots of big spreads on the board this week. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or shoot that, shoot that. And even checkouts not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. 
Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game winner ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, dance. <laughs> This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. VEASAN shows are clashing. We've got a subscription contest going on between shows here at VEASAN, and we need your help to win. At stake, a $1,000 voucher at Circa Sportsbook to be used on a Super Bowl futures ticket and to sweeten the deal for you. You'll save 10% when you sign up for a new VEASAN Pro annual subscription and use the promo code Lombardi. Bragging rights and a juicy futures ticket on the line. It's time to start betting smarter and help us do the same. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Sign up for a new VEASAN Pro Annual Subscription. Save 10% with the promo code Lombardi. That's VEASAN.com, V-S-I-N.com slash subscribe. Ha, 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 ha. Stay alive. Stay alive. Michael, we are still alive in Survivor. Another week, sir. And I am so excited. After losing with the Vikings week one, we made it with the Bills seamlessly last week. And then entry number two with the New York football giants that had me wanting to die for a moment rather than survive. But we got there, Michael. We got there. We're still alive. It's all that matters. A W is a W. Doesn't matter what you get. Just win, baby. That's what Al Davis would say. Just win. That's what you. Te- that's why you text me on Sunday. You're like, doesn't matter how you get there. You know, wins a win. You just gotta win. You gotta win. I mean, nobody. You know, look, look at every, look at everybody. The, everybody's talking about how great the Giants are. At halftime of the Giants game, they were ready. I mean, everybody had shovels out. They were burying them. <laughs> Daniel Jones. Oh my God, how many emojis did you see? Like it was. Now all of a sudden, you know, we heard Harry. Well, if Daniel Jones plays like he did the second half against San Francisco. <laughs> You know, it's like we can shift in a minute. I mean, we can shift in a minute. Recency bias is insane, Michael. But yes. So for me watching that game, I had it on through the first half and just fully gave up. Right. Like at at a certain point, you're just thinking, got to just chalk this up to a loss. Love my one thousand dollar donation to Circus Sportsbook. You're welcome, Derek Stevens and Mike Palm. And so I turned that game off. I'm watching other things. And then, you know, you're still keeping an eye on the scores on the ESPN app or on the ticker as you see them go through. And, okay, so they they, they scored. They got on the board. They got on the board again. Okay, maybe coming back here a little bit. But it gets (laughs) to the point, Michael, where I said, no, I still can't put it on my television screen because they're actually (laughs) winning with me not watching. So I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious, though, as as Michael Scott likes to say. So I I couldn't watch it. I didn't watch any of it. I didn't watch any of the second half. I'm with you on that. I mean, I think sometimes the teams do better when I my favorite teams do better when I don't watch. And I I like to know the outcome. Here's what I would say, though. I, I think to me what I here was my fear. So every Friday I play against Russo, we do picks and I'm having a good week. You know, I'm two and oh, going into the, the four o'clock games and he's one and one. And so now I got it. And he's down. He's getting killed in this giant game. He took the Giants and four and a half. Right. And laid the four and a half, uh-huh. you know, and, and he's killed me. You know, he's been every time he brings it up, how he beat me last year. So here I am. I'm doing I'm there. And uh I'm thinking now they're making this comeback. And I'm like, don't tell me he's not only going to, he's going to cover this. Like, not only is he coming back, he's actually going to cover. Meanwhile, I'm up, I picked Denver. I'm up 21 to three. Oh, and I lose. no. What a bad so beat, I up, Michael. I end up two and one on my picks for the day. At least he and, didn't cover. At he, least he didn't cover. At least he didn't cover. That's right. <laughs> 
That's that was a brutal, brutal beat, though. For oh. for as good of a win as the Giants was, that was an awful, awful loss for Survivor betters and and yourself, Michael, who had Denver in this spot. Eight hundred forty-seven of the people of the tickets um, used Denver as a selection here for Circa Survivor specifically. Um, Buffalo and the Giants were the biggest tickets of the day with over four thousand entries on those. But we're seeing the numbers go down and down um, as so many people think that you know you think that you have the the right on spot and then it ends up not working out this week in survivor michael we have a ton of you know big favorites in this spot um the the cowboys against arizona the chiefs against the bears those ones will be what looks like at least our first official double digit spreads by closing that's the way those numbers are going the 49ers look to stay that way against thursday night football but like i said earlier the giants have taken a little bit of money there so we'll see jacksonville might get there currently what nine and a half I'm seeing against the Texans so a lot of options it seems is there any one or two that really really stand out to you as like hey you know like you should probably play it safe this looks like a good win well, the one I would say is Dallas, right? They're going into Arizona, and I can't imagine they're going to stub their toe there. But I would lay off that because you've got, you know, the the, the Thanksgiving Day games. Yeah, and not not, at, not everybody's keep. survivor pool does that, but specifically at Circa and some other places, yeah, you're going yeah, to want to save Dallas you're in does. for Thanksgiving. The one you're yep. in does. So, you know, I think to me, you got to be a little careful here. Certainly Kansas City, you have to look and see where would you use Kansas City again? You know, what we, What are you giving up on Kansas City? What would you, I think you have to work that one down the line. Would you use Kansas City at some point down, you know, uh, you know, a week, some other week? I think you have to look at that. So to me, Kansas City, Dallas, they jump off to me. Would you would you think about using Seattle at home? They lost their opening home game. You know, that should they should be able to beat a bad Carolina team, although what would make me nervous is if Andy Dalton got in there, they might actually move the football more effectively <laughs> because Bryce Young's not. I mean, that's what scared me last week against Indy. I loved Indy all week. And when I heard the news that Stroud might be hurt, I was like, oh, no, if they play Case Keenum, they'll move the ball. Right. You know? Not, not, that's not a knock on Stroud. That's a knock on, you know, just you don't have enough repertoire in your offense. So... I think that would be that would be a game I would consider there, right? Everybody's going to go Jacksonville, but remember, Houston went into Jacksonville last year and beat them. The Jags are definitely on the table. I'm actually surprised that you didn't mention the Ravens, um, especially considering what we just mentioned a little bit ago with Anthony Richardson and concussion protocol, what that might mean for him, and the Ravens being a top five team to you. Looking at the schedule. Is there another place maybe to take the Ravens that could make sense, but uh, thinking the margin might be a little bit smaller? Well, I think if you go back, opening weekend, D'Amico Ryans played the Ravens really well with his cover three scheme, which is the San Francisco scheme, which is what Gus Bradley runs. And so he's got that tape to see it. And the Ravens are so beat up that I'm always worried about them. And there's a sense of confidence that came out of the Colts winning that game. I definitely think Baltimore wins. I'm just not sure. They're, I, I don't want to stamp it as an absolute win. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would be scared to death to play Buffalo. Yeah. I would be scared to death to play Buffalo. On the road, the, the Dolphins and Bills both scared me this week because those games are on the road. And, I, I mean, the Broncos, for as many issues as they've had, probably pretty motivated uh, at this spot. They do get the opportunity to be yeah. at home again. I, I know that it's an uphill battle against – or no, they're on the road, aren't they? Is that game in Miami? Right. No, the, Miami's at home. Yeah. But, but look, this is the Vic Fangio Bowl. Yeah. Right. So this is the Vic Fangio Bowl. So Vic's got a lot of anger and bitterness towards him. Plus, he kind of knows what they're doing defensively, which will help McDaniel. And I think Vic's I, I've got to go back and study Vic against Sean. I haven't done that yet. I just ran my numbers this morning, but that's an afternoon project. I think you got to study Sean against Vic and see how he matches up. Sean, the Vic wants to play cover, too. And he did it last week against New England, and, he, and New England still couldn't run the ball. He slanted his line. He made up a gap in the way he'd handle it. So it was difficult. And so, But if Denver can run the ball, which Sean typically can do if you play split safety against them, uh, that's going to be a real issue. So I, I, I think you know Miami's – somebody's going to put pressure on Tua. New England didn't do it, and they held him to 24 points. 
they got to be able to do that. you got to be able to get in front of them. What's going on with Denver's defense in general? Because they were supposed to kind of be the calling card for this team, and we haven't seen it show up at all to this point. No, I mean, look, they signed Frank Clark. He didn't play last week, but he's not the same player he once was, whether it was when he was in Seattle or when he was in, you know, Kansas City last year. And he wasn't that same there, you know, so that they the rushed Gregory isn't at the same level he was in. They lose they lose DeMont Jones to Seattle as an inside guy. Zach Allen hasn't really given them what they need. They're not as good in the defensive front. That that's been a real concern. Kareem Jackson, I don't know how he doesn't get suspended. But he's been, you know, he should have been thrown out of two games. Their best corner, Sertan, and everybody throws yeah. at everybody else. So, and I don't think they're linebacker. I mean, they're starting Alex Singleton, a linebacker, and Cooper. This is not an overly talented defense. They were at one time when they had Chubb, when they had mm-hmm. some of the other guys in there, but they're not the same team defensively. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like I had this this vision of what the Broncos defense was supposed to be and was going to be, and they just have not stood tall, especially last week in the second half, Exhibit A, where that 18-point lead goes away. And, I, man, I shouldn't have even brought it up again, Michael. I'm sorry. That's my bad. That's okay. Look, you know, would you consider playing the Chargers this week, Stormy? I never consider playing the Chargers. <laughs> Is that bad? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I kind of actually think the Chargers will win this week. I don't know if I don't know if I'll give it out as a tip. I actually think they will win. Oh, on the road, on I, granted, Minnesota couldn't get it done week one at home. I know that yeah, well with Baker but, Mayfield. Yeah, Baker Mayfield. Hey, let's not hate on him too bad here. Look, tied yeah, at the uh, NFC South regre- lead. There's going to be Baker a regression Baker Mayfield's been me. amazing. Next top There's going to be a regression story. Country. No, I, I don't doubt that at all. But credit where credit is due. Baker Mayfield has looked pretty respectable with this coaching staff no here question. to start the first couple of games. Um, one of those games we mentioned as a potential survivor play in Why Not Wednesday, we will ask if the other side's number could intrigue you. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry radio discover more shows and movies for free 